2: Check it out, one, two... Yo, hey yo. I came a long way since back in the day from a teenager trying to make it rap in this way. Ever since I was a kid, I had something to say. Rock and mics was a dream. I didn't care about Hey, I sacrificed late nights and going out with my friends just to stay home alone with my pad and my pen. Had my eyes on my prize, my mind on my goal as I called these rhymes out with my heart and my soul. I didn't have a CD.
0: Welcome into the Canterbury Sports Corner for the 25th of November. Hope you're doing well in the South Island. I'd Everybody's doing well everywhere, but in particular, this part of the world, especially in Canterbury. Uh, If you're listening across the West Coast, morning to you up there in, well, wherever you are through the Tasman region, morning to you as well. Gee, it's been a busy period for us South Islanders, us mainlanders, hasn't it, bouncing out of Cup and Show Week. First, it's a bit of an apology. It, It appears that we didn't make it to air last week. Uh oh, technical glitches, Uh, I went out of my way to make sure I could be here and could do the show because of, well, essentially it was Cup and Show week and I thought, this is Canterbury's big week. If I'm not here, what am I doing this week? So (laughs) that was a bit of a blue on our part, but these things happen. Uh, Anyway, I'm back this week and I've got a show for you that I think you will really enjoy. We're going to cover a lot of sports. We're going to go cricket. We're going to go racing. We're going to go rugby league. Um, Across the codes, I guess you'd say. We've got Cole McConchie coming up, the Canterbury cricket captain. Ford Trophy starts later on at Hagley Oval against the Wellington Firebirds. Um, We've got Malcolm Hum from Canterbury Rugby League because the Bulldogs... Bulldogs from the NRL have been in town. Obviously, they've got that partnership there. So they have been in town doing some coaching clinics and the likes are obviously the Warriors were in town announcing a partnership, well, with Tikaha or Venues Ototahi recently around the new stadium. So, mm, quite a turf battle, is it? But it's good to see rival NRL clubs in and around our region. It can only be good for... Talent, I suspect it gives people more opportunity. And we'll talk to Jason Laking, who is now a former jockey who is working with New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing as kind of the uh, apprentice master down here in the South Island, I think they call it. So, working with the young jockeys, explaining to them how to be a jockey and Kind of talking them through some of their rides. It's, um, and, and the ride of being a, a jockey in general. Really important job. Jason Laking, he battled with his weight for a long period in his career. Um, I think he's from Ashburton originally, Jason. He spent time in, Dunedin but a lot of time riding at Ricketon, and he was around all last week charging around um, helping these apprentices become the next stars of our racing industry. So those are some of the chats we will have today. I, I must um, come clean though because I had a couple of people text me uh, on double eight double three, and I kind of avoided them at the time. Um, yes that was me in the press last Saturday uh, <laughs> my partner, my girlfriend, my partner—never really know if "partner" is a pretentious word to use. Doesn't matter. Shannon is—she's uh, a, a journalist. She's far more, far more acclaimed than I. Don't worry. I suppose I, I am a journalist as well, but she's a serious journalist, and she works for the press these days. And they were doing a story on southern migration. More importantly, people moving to Christchurch. And the influx that they've had, and yes, Shannon uh, being in the newsroom there, and her and I had moved from Auckland within this year, so she was kind of the case study. And uh, yes, I got roped into it. So if you saw me wearing a Crusaders, some Crusaders kit in the press, yep, that was I. I can come clean. And I guess, and more, this is the point isn't that we were in the press, di da? Absolutely not. I wanted to point out that I am very proud of the move down south and everything Shannon all her sentiments and my sentiments were work-life balance a more relaxed lifestyle a very very uh, enjoyable lifestyle with uh, good social good balance of social environment with the you know the outdoors that we have at our back step with the port hills and the connection to the land we have down here around Canterbury and Christchurch, it all was genuine and I'm, I'm just loving my time here and the Canterbury Sports Corner is a bit of a part of that I suppose and Cup and Show Week in general, Cup Week made me feel very proud to be a Cantabrian and a Kiwi but in particular a Canterbury because it's such a good week and it was so fun and it was so nice seeing so many ECNZ listeners out there um, saying g'day, enjoying their racing, just enjoying their Friday off or whatever it was. Um, yeah, Bloody cool place, and we're loving it. Me, in particular, loving it, but we all are um, around my household anyway. So, Canterbury Sports Court is a big part of that. And Enterprise, the recruitment company improving people's lives for 50 years, is a huge part of this. Uh, Couldn't do it without them. Absolute champions very, very important, integral part of the Canterbury Sports Corner. Uh, and Trident Homes, designed for living, built for life. We will do a community sport update a little bit later with Malcolm Hum of uh, Canterbury Rugby League. Cr- Proud sport is community sport right across Christchurch. Check out our modern home plans, show home locations at tridenthomes.nz. So, Colm McContry coming up. Then we'll get into Jason Lake and we'll finish up with Malcolm Hum talking some local rugby league he's got some interesting information for the west coast as well so you coasters listening don't go anywhere especially if you are leaguers which i know so many of you are uh big show this morning and then we'll all bounce straight into the mail run after that uh, Counties cup day up there in the north but it's all about the south for this hour in particular i hope everybody is uh, enjoying their week and, and managing to keep saying as the weather to goes topsy turvy pre cold at the moment but that doesn't bother us because we are resilient cantebs i'm
2: gonna make it through i don't no money in my pocket i got a dream all i have is a pat of can was because go gotta make ito hey, it was a sunny day and we were feeling high jamming the song underneath a baby blue sky thinking back in the time when we were so poor remember the kids used to laugh at the clothes we wore
0: we always one day. all right with us now on the Canterbury sports corner it is summer well actually it's nearly summer it's still technically spring and our captain for the uh, summer/ spring of cricket down here in Canterbury is Cole McConchi and It's been a funny old start to the year for our Canterbury side in the Plunkett Shield. Gee, there's been lots going on. Um, Some very good cricket played. Our man here is tunned up and... Weirdly, the points table doesn't quite reflect how the season has gone so far for Canterbury as the White Bull season starts with Ford Trophy later on at Hagley Oval. Cole's on the line with us now. Strange old start to the cricket season for you lads, Cole, but um, I don't know. How do you sum it up so far with the first half of the Plunkett Shield
1: gone? Yeah, morning Lewis and thanks a lot for having us on this morning. It's, um, yeah, it's probably well summed up that you know strange start, I feel. You know, we've played some uh, yeah, some bloody good cricket over the four games and unfortunately, you know, weather has come in and hampered us getting a couple of results. And, you know, we we had Otago nine down with about 40 overs to go and then the rain came in. And then um, just up in Napier, just the week just gone, we had them eight down and we lost the final two sessions. So we lost about 70 overs. Um, so the boys have been playing some good cricket. Um, but unfortunately, those two results probably and a difference between, you know, top of the table and I think we might might be sitting third or fourth. So, yeah, a little bit frustrating, but um, some good positives to take forward. So I
0: think the last time we caught up, mate, it was after the Firebirds... First, the first uh, match of the season, and you you guys were, and you admittedly were a little bit of a slow. You said it was a little bit of a slow start, but we've ironed out some stuff and we're feeling really good. And as you said, then you go on and you you play some superb cricket against can uh, against Otago with a couple of nice scores, and um, and from there it's it's momentum. Play well against Auckland, and then as you just said, really well against CD, but not me managing to to jag the points so. Like, as a, a senior leader and a, a captain, how do you kind of how do you make sure that everybody knows that you're doing the right thing, even though it might not be reflected on the scoreboard necessarily?
1: Yeah, I think you know like we we put a line through that Wellington game pretty quickly and moved um, on from there. So I think you know the the vibe in the dressing room is really good. you know we've got a lot of guys that have played a lot of cricket, and you know everyone can get the sense that we're playing some good cricket. Um, you know, up in Napier against Central, they they're a quality team, and you know they'll they'll be there or thereabouts in all three formats. So to put out a performance like that, you know, the guys know that we're playing some good cricket, um, and that, and now it's you know not getting complacent, keep trying to get better, um, improve and work on that, and I suppose take a bit of that momentum into the White ball season, which is um, you know bloody exciting to get underway today.
0: So what is it about you guys and CD? Because last season as well, um, it seemed like you were both ended at, the, at the pointy end of the, the season, especially in the Ford Trophy final as well. So they'll be liking their chances again. Uh, you guys have had some famous matches over the last few years.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's always a good tussle with them. And it's, um, you know, always a game played, you know, in really good spirit. So there's a lot of friends between the two teams. But when when we get out there, it's um, certainly great competition and, um, just just like it was up in Napier. So I think we play them on Wednesday up at Pukakura Park um, and for trophy, and I'm sure that will be another good goodie up there. So um, I just <laughs> sometimes even up to Pookie the, the bowlers are a little bit apprehensive, but the batters are <laughs> certainly licking their lips. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it, it, it's always just a good contest, and, um, yeah, one that we certainly really look forward to is Cantat.
0: You guys as professional cricketers are are so good at this these days of being able to switch formats and you play so much of the white ball stuff and and everybody's got every shot in the book these days that you can kind of just go to it but what do you do during the week um, when you're moving on from red ball cricket to white ball cricket and and you're not going straight to T20 here but are there subtle differences in the way you're training and, and the sessions that you're having?
1: Yeah, certainly. I think, you know, first and foremost, you know, the fielding intensity, you know, <laughs> skyrockets and okay. coaches are always pretty excited for that. Um, but for, from a, you know, from a game plan point of view and, you know, batting and bowling, it's just, you know, 50 over cricket is still about doing those basics really well for a period of time. And, you know, it's it's a little bit of an extension from your four-day game. So um, we've had a couple of really strong trainings and, you know, guys have gone about it well. It's always it's always interesting when the white ball comes out, though. That first training, people are pretty um, gun ho, and batters are swinging from the hip, and you almost just need to have that conversation, especially with 50 over cricket. That hey, there's still there's still plenty of time in this game, and it's still about building partnerships and you know batting deep and having a platform going into that back 10 overs. So nice little reminder, but it's, it's always it's always nice to sort of free the hip a little bit at that first training.
0: Uh, obviously. So the, the games uh, today, just later on. Hopefully, we're praying this weather holds. It's um, uh, against the Firebirds down the road at Hagley There is there do you is there a chance to introduce some uh, new faces through the White Bull season and Ford Trophy Heading to Super Smash? Do you do you see a little bit of personnel change, or for the most part, is the the core group stay the same through uh, from Plunkett shield to Ford Trophy? Yeah, yeah. It's
1: um, yeah. It's certainly a good opportunity this year to you know, there's, there's always coming and goings and injuries and, you know, we're, we're pretty fortunate here in Canterbury that, you know, we've got seven black caps over in the test squad Um, oh, and, sorry, six, you know, take out Matt Henry, he's currently injured but, um, you know, and, and that creates rotation in itself that when they come back, you know, they come back into the side and as much as it's tough, um, you know, they take some guys' spots and, but it's it's about learning off them and, you know, trying to, trying to improve your game. Uh, but we've been a little bit unfortunate this season. I think we've got about five or six on the sideline currently. Um, so that, it, it kind of creates its, its rotation in itself and, and young guys, you know, we're really fortunate. We've got some seriously talented guys coming through into the squad, but also underneath that, you know, the under-19s program, you know, extremely strong here in Canterbury. So kind of keeps us older guys on, on our toes and, you know, ready for what's next. So, um, I think it, it, it's almost natural selection through the course of the season, um, but it's really important, you know, especially in these white ball um, white ball segments, you know, and around Christmas and New Year's and there's different different distractions. But you know, we keep trying to push forward as a team, keep trying to grow as individuals, and you know, even if some players have haven't had that opportunity, you know, they stay ready because you know a, a little niggle or an injury is is always just around the corner, unfortunately.
0: Cole, I'm fascinated by this because cricket is one of the most unique sports in the world as far as culture goes. You know this. You've been around the game for a very long time. And I dare say that from when you were in your teenage years and, and coming through in your early 20s into these um, these sorts of environments, the way that play, is, blokes handled themselves in the changing sheds, the, the way that the, the language was and things that were, were done and accepted are a lot different to 2023. How do you go about relating to these Gen Zers, these 19-year-olds, um, these kids that are dead set guns but probably – would be absolutely shocked if they and and had no perspective of what the the game and the sport and the culture of it was all like. Only a decade or so ago, I mean it's completely changed, it's a new era, this is like social media, this This conversation could go across any industry, right, but cricket is such a strange and unique sport because of the amount of time you spend with these guys and these rain delays and, I mean, you know what it's like, the chemistry of a cricket team is one of the most fascinating <laughs> things to get into, so what's it like as a skipper or a senior leader around these young 19-year-olds coming through?
1: Yeah, great question, because yeah, cricket seems to attract all all types. But I think that's the beauty of it. And you know, you look back ten years ago and, you know, Fultz being our coach and he was he was very instrumental in the changing room when, you know, the likes of myself were entering into the team and, you know, the, the support that they gave was tremendous as much as they gave us a heap of, you know, a sort of stick along the way. Um, you know, the support was always there. And I suppose, you know, trying to learn off them as leaders and, you know, bring it into bring it into what we're doing with, you know, young Eighteen, 19, 20 year olds coming into our team I think, you know, trying to get to get to know people um, and learn learn what makes them tick and then get around them, I think yeah, it's interesting, you know with the newer generation, And I think you've just got to encourage people to be themselves and, mm. you know, and work around that I, I don't think you want to, you know, disable people and make them feel like they can't do, you know, X, Y or Z, because I think, you know, that's when we're not going to get the best out of them, so Within reason, you know, like just give people a free reign and um, treat people like adults and, you know, essentially you've got you to gotta live and die by your choices anyway. So, they, uh, yeah, it, it's all about, you know, getting around the young guys, it, it, encouraging them to express themselves and, um, you know, just try and be the best versions of themselves.
0: Have you been roped into any TikToks or anything during a rain delay or you, you draw, have to draw a line somewhere?
1: <laughs> I draw a line right right there, that's definitely not my jam but um, yeah I'm sure there's a few a few guys that have put a bit of stuff
0: out uh, Outstanding mate, Yeah, always good to catch up Cole and uh, good luck for the start of the white ball season it just gets busier and busier from here and then over the Christmas, New Year period you guys are, are flat out so we, uh, we'll we catch up again very soon especially before the T20 start but um, all the best down there at Hagley today and hopefully you can get some much deserted, uh, deserved
1: points on a new scoreboard this time Yeah, thanks a lot, Lewis. Appreciate it, and thanks for your time this morning.
3: Mustang Valley, Bellon Rouge, Aspen, Colorado is looking for an out. Rucleur back over on the inside and Louvillie's trying to pick a path. It's Mustang Valley, self-obsession on the outside. Bellon Rouge is really starting to put in. Achiever's still there. It's Bellon Rouge in front. On the inside, self-obsession. Aspen, Colorado is about to fly. Bellon Rouge in front. And Bellon Rouge and Jason making from either. Aspen, Colorado, self-obsession.
0: Oh, uh, what a moment it was only a couple of years ago now uh, the 2022 New Zealand Oaks a very popular win for a a big barn but a a long-serving jockey who got a bit of his crowning moment to be honest retired jockey nowadays still working in thoroughbred racing we'll talk to him just about that in uh, just a second it's Jason Laking I'm talking about of course in that oaks, as I just watched the replay, and Karen Fenton going absolutely crazy. He did a lot of riding for a long period of time for a lot of people, and Jason's uh, moved into a new phase of his life at the moment. As I say, g'day to you, mate, from a, a very wet and windy Rickadon. You won't be missing doing riding jump outs this morning, I dare say it. Uh
3: No, you're right about that. <laughs> There's a bloody pee in there and then, but but um, that's right, I can get out of it and weave it, so it's not too bad.
0: Mate, great to chat. And I saw a story pop up this week um, that I thought was fascinating. I, I didn't, I hadn't seen your name for a while. I wasn't sure where you were at, but I obviously knew about your weight problems throughout the years. And it, you, you've you've moved on from race riding, but you're still involved in um, the sport that's kind of given you so many good memories and so many good friends throughout the years. So explain to us what you're doing these days and, and why you're kind of into it.
3: Um, yeah, I've been appointed the uh, riding, South Island Riding Mentor for South Island Apprentices and that, um, formerly uh, David Walsh was in charge of all that, but he, um, he retired and he went a, another way and yeah, I've kind of just stepped into the role and it's been pretty seamless really. Um, you know, I know everyone and I'm always happy to give back to you know, the industry that gave so much to me, so no, it's going all right at the moment.
0: Pretty good timing with Walshie moving on for you. Um, You're you Obviously, that's only 2022 there, that, that big Oaks win, but uh, I guess that was more the anomaly. I know you picked up a Group 1 earlier in your career, but just in general, uh, making it to the races, let alone being able to ride a Group 1 peach, was a, a bit of a battle for you with your weight throughout the years?
3: Yeah, no, it was. I, got, I battled right from day one. Um, I did take about six or seven years off halfway through, and then, you know, it got enough, and my weight come down quite naturally, but as soon as you start, you know, buggering around with it again, it, it just shot back up. But um, I, I stayed going for as long as I could, but it, it just got too bloody hard. But uh, I wouldn't say that Oaks ride was a peach, but, uh, <laughs> you know, there was a lot of luck and, you know, a lot of hard work from people behind the scenes. But, um, you know, I, I was lucky to get those couples, so,
0: you know, I'm pretty privileged, really. She was a, she was a pretty good filly. She was just the best on the day. It um, was funny when Tiago line three or four of those great fillies up either in a thousand guineas or a uh an oaks and then some sometimes you can kind of miss the miss the one that was actually bred for it. It was a it was a really popular win that day made and um, as I say, you're a popular bloke around the, around the game, and I think a lot of people sympathised with you throughout the years. For people listening and think, oh yeah, well jockeys they have to they have to be light. We know that we see them at the races. We just had Cup Week here, and you get to see the the jockeys cruising around to the back parade ring, and you go, oh, oh shit, they are actually smaller than you probably realise when you see on TV. What were your dimensions? Because you're not a, you're not exactly a, a tiny bloke.
3: No, like, to be honest, compared to all them, you know, i was huge. Um, but like in the normal world, I was probably a lot smaller than other people. But, you know, most jockeys kind of only come up to, you know, my bloody shoulders sort of thing. And uh, and that that was a catalyst, you know, I was just, I was forever losing weight. And, you know, it looks so glamorous on the outside. You know, people walk, as you say, cup week, jockeys going around, lights, cameras, all that sort of thing. But, you know, most jockeys have to go through the, the hard work just to get to the, you know, and a lot of people don't see that. But um, I wouldn't say I've done it harder than... Everybody,
0: but you know, I've, I had to do it pretty tough. Well, we we talk about you know, and, and Lee Thinness he's replied, uh, retired recently as well. And obviously, he's a he's a taller jockey. And, and he he spoke about it. And you know, he he rode at 54 for a lot of his career and, and kind of the, yeah. the torment that it put his body through. And and the when he when we've spoken to him previously about it, the mood and the way it affects your life outside the actual industry, and and you kind of the sap it kind of, and the, the exhaustion it puts on you as a, as a personality, as a character, did you find that it was kind of encroaching, and I know you've got a family, mate, so it's it can't have been easy at times there.
3: No, it was it was probably, it was harder for everybody else, you know, like, when you start bugging around with your weight, you know, your mood changes, and you obviously don't see it yourself at the time, but, you know, it's for everybody else, um, and it's just, it, it affects the top two inches, especially when you're, you know, constantly not eating, not drinking, trying to drop weight for race meetings and that, and. But now i like, it's totally different, you know, I can go to the races or I can have bacon meat for breakfast now and <laughs> my mood has changed, you know, and it, I feel so much better for it. I probably should have tried to do it, you know, a few years ago, but um, it's happening now, so, you know, I'm pretty privileged to be in this spot I'm in.
0: Yeah, well, well so, so explain this to us then. So because you have gone through that those challenges and you, you've got your rewards, as I said, um, and you've, you've ridden, I think you've nearly ridden 500 winners and you, you know exactly what it takes, how does that help your job now when you're dealing with these uh, youngsters and you obviously can give them the realism that it, you need for a jockey? There's a lot of travel, there's a lot of horses running eighth at best and you know, it's not all the glamour of Cup Week. How does it help your job and when you're kind of mentoring them now?
3: Um, yeah, I just kind of give them the rea- reality of it. You know, like, you know, when they've come in, you know, they see all the big guns and all that sort of thing, and it's not like that at all. You know, it is, you know, on the big stage and all that sort of thing, but, you know, I give them the, the reality that, you know, things can go wrong. You know, you've, you've got to work your ass off to, to get, you know, into those positions. So that's kind of just a sort of, you know, mentality I bring to it all. Yeah. Do you, on the
0: actual riding aspect of it, Jace, um, like is I, I've wondered. You know, our jockey depth hasn't been uh, good enough for a wee while, and, and you know, there's a there's a larger conversation here about what we're doing on pathways and recruiting. You know, we're only a country of five million people, and we love our sport, and there's lots of different options. But and whether we're picking these these smaller Kiwis up at the right time to get them into racing is a genuine option. Are you, through the stages of your career to now, are, are you concerned about the overall quality we've got or are you buoyed now you're working with the, these younger jockeys that you can see that there is enough talent coming through to sustain kind of the upswing of the, the game in general?
3: Yeah, well, my, my opinion completely changed now that I've got a new role. When I was riding, I was worried, you know, because there was a lot of, um, you know, foreigners coming in and I had to come in around so we wouldn't have had races to be honest, But... All the Mauritian boys and all that sort of thing. Like that. now we can see, you know, I can see the work that everyone's doing behind the scenes to try and get, you know, you know Kiwis and you know, just to get into the game. And you know, they're doing a lot
1: of work behind the scenes. They like going to schools,
3: coaching clubs, going to career days, and uh, uh, you know, there is interest there. But it's just you know what kind of path they want to take. I don't know if they want to take the riding part or get into the breeding and stud work or anything like that. But the, the work they do behind the scenes is it's phenomenal, to be honest. You know, I, when I was riding, I didn't think they were doing it. But now that I'm actually working with them, I can see the work they doing.
0: From a technical point of view, like an actual riding aspect, is there something that Kiwi jockeys or Kiwi younger Kiwi jockeys don't do well, that you can point to an Opie Boston or, or someone, you know, Warren Kennedy, who's got a very unique style himself, and say, here's something that you need to work on. Is there, a, is there an aspect of riding in particular that you think our jockey ranks could get better at?
3: Um, oh, there's, there's lots of little things. You know, there's not probably one big thing that I can see at the moment. All I can really see is, you know, the professionalism. You, you know, you've got to take it serious. And a lot of a lot of kids nowadays, they don't take it too serious. You know, they go out and they're always on, you know, the social media side of it and all that sort of thing. And it's a, it's a very, um, you've got to be very professional about it. And um, just I think just be serious. You know, like it's, you know, you're going around, you know, 60, 65 k's on a 500 kilo horse. And that's probably the only way I, I can see that that's lacking here at the moment, but hopefully all that can change.
0: What about the form aspect of riding? I always find this interesting. I mean, jockeys, you got to execute, you've got to be a, a absolute supreme athlete, but uh, you have to do your form as well. Like you actually have to be a student of the way that races are run, and you know understand maps and all that sort of thing. And in Australia, the, the top liners they all have their form guys. You know, you hear Ma- Mark Zara talk about that when he won the Melbourne Cup. He has a form guy, essentially like these um, professional punters that can map a race for a job and exactly know how it's going to be run, what sort of horse will cop a track. Is there a resource for that in New Zealand? Are jockeys kind of expected to do that stuff in their spare time when they're driving to the races? Is that part of it?
3: Um, oh, that, that's a huge, huge part of it. Like over in Aussie, um, you know, I know Craig Williams, he's got two guys that does it, and, you know, he's got more people that help him get to the races. But over here, there's probably not enough racing. Like I always used to do it on a say the race was a Saturday, I used to do it on a Friday night, sit there and try and get all the scratchings, find out who you're drawing beside, who leads, who gets back. You know, and, that, you know, apprentices, they, they have to learn that. A lot of them probably don't. They just go out there because it's a big wide world and not even think about it. Mm. But um, you, get, you get guys like, you know, Warren Kennedy, I know he does all the sport um, Opie would do it, you know. And I've got managers that help them out as well, you know. Obviously, Opie's got shit who's got them. Aidan, I think. Does it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like Aiden does it all, you know, like, and he can just, you know, that just three lengths in front of you before they even open the gates, you know.
0: Hmm. It's 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 a really interesting career because there are so many different aspects of it that, that we wouldn't really consider half the time. But for you, mate, I guess um this is all it's all now it's 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 a different world for you being able to help yeah. these youngsters through. But I I just think it's magnificent that you've managed to um change but also stay in the game that you love because you had some bloody good memories didn't you
3: yeah no I had plenty and you know industry gave me a lot so I'm just trying to give my little bit back and if I can if I can help one kid ride a winner you know and that's their dream you know I'm, I'm happy as
0: you probably can't – I was about to say, can you give us a name to follow, but that would be um, – then you'd be picking favourites. So. <laughs>
3: yeah, I'd be picking favourite. and I better not do that. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. You, you definitely can't do that. Great to catch up with you. Glad that you're loving life and, um, yeah, you're getting your bacon and eggs for breakfast. Thanks for joining us this morning. Yeah, thank you. It's been a busy old uh, winter into spring season for a lot of our local sports here in the region, but obviously through the off-seasons, it keeps going with player and coaching development, and one of those sports and codes in Canterbury that has... Well done a very good job of positioning themselves to have a lot of outside influence from the right sort of people is Canterbury Rugby League with this partnership with the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs uh, sharing IP and resource and having a true pathway to the NRL what's well, never really been clearer in this part of the world and the CEO of Canterbury Rugby League is Malcolm Hum he is a very dear friend to us here at SENZ and Malcolm as I say good morning to you mate it's uh, it's been a, a busy period for you but but I understand. Even over the last wee while, you're still working closely with the Bulldogs team.
2: Yeah, thanks, Louis, and hello to your listeners. Yeah, it's been a really exciting time, actually. Um, the partnership we we obviously signed the partnership back in June, but being in season, it really hasn't been activated until recent times. Louis, and and over the past five days, or during the next five days, we've. We've had the Bulldogs over here and they're doing a lot of um, I guess coach development workshops with a, a, a various group of our our coaches at different levels but also with we've got about three hundred young men and women all signed up to um, go through skills and, and drills uh development uh clinic. So it's a really exciting time and great to see the you know, the, the partnership come to its fruition, yeah.
0: What does it meant as far as boots on the ground? Who have we had here? What sort of clinics have they been running? And, and what does it actually look like at the coalface, uh, Malcolm? And I'm sure lots of our listeners and people would have experienced it or been so lucky to experience it over the last week
2: while. Yeah, look, we've had Adam Hardikin over here. So he's the general manager of um, of the Canary Bankstown Bulldogs. Um, we've got Craig Wilson. Craig played, I think, around about 160 NRL matches and he's performance and pathways manager with um with the Bulldog, so he's he's doing a lot of the delivery on the ground and then we've got their recruitment uh, one of their recruitment officers um, for Peter Haler so he's here supporting with the with the delivery as well so uh, I guess three three people that are sort of along the pathway within their organization as well so it's great to have them here um and, and great to have them sort of imparting their knowledge as well part of it mm-hmm. Louie is there's a piece around um the delivery, the, the skill delivery and so forth, but it's, it's, a lot of it's also around Canterbury Banks down, um the Bulldogs as a club, and what they stand for and what their philosophies are as well.
0: And, and what sort of alignment does that, uh, I mean I'm sure you went all through this when you were, we were signing that partnership, but what alignment does it have with Canterbury Rugby League? Can you just talk to us some of those values and philosophies? And And also I imagine that the edge of professionalism you're getting is really helping to exemplify those philosophies and that ethos?
2: yeah I think the key pieces are is you know working together, um whether that's as a, as a team, um as a coach group um or as, as partners in the arrangement, I guess that's the big piece. Um, but it's also the piece around um being open to continuous learning as well, Louie, you know that we we can all we can all get better at what we do and we can all continue to learn from each other. um and hopefully that for our or our playing fraternity can help them, whether it be on the field or off the field as well, which is which is awesome, yeah.
0: The other bit of rugby league news, and I, I guess I'm sure you, you're happy to talk about this, Malcolm, because it, as far as I can tell, it's only good for the sport in this part of uh, the world, is the Warriors commitment, and Cam George was down here a couple of Fridays ago, announcing that their partnership with Tikaha to have rugby league um or NRL games played here over a number of years so I mean that is a a resource shows the kind of uh, the tide that we're starting to see there is a real interest to get the top flight in around Christchurch this week we saw another A-League team announced for uh, Auckland which is a, a massive stride for football in New Zealand do you think how often do you think about a day when we could have a South Island-based NRL franchise or or even just more presence from the existing teams?
2: Yeah, I, I certainly think it's growing and I think, you know, Christchurch New Zealand has done a great job in terms of getting the Warriors here. Uh, we just know, you know, what it means to our fraternity when they... I, I guess that when they land in Christchurch, you know, we just didn't need to look at the crowd we had at Orange Theory Stadium as it was then, um, and the crowd that was you know, that went along to watch that pre season match. So, um, anything around that type of rugby league, you know, that level of rugby league in, in, in Christchurch has got to be good, but in terms of the new stadium I think that's that's the future, right? Um, in terms of whether it be the Warriors, whether it be a South Island NRL team or whether it be, you know, test matches. We we, we, we can see how the the kiwi, the, um, the the kiwi ferns, and you know beating the Jelaroes and the, and the kiwis, they're on the top of the game at the moment, and there's a real excitement around the game, Louie. So um, the likes of Takaka is, is is awesome, and there's certainly a lot of excitement within. Um, I would say within our our rugby league fraternity, but I think also probably those that haven't been close to rugby league um, in the past, but are now seeing you know the opportunities it's presenting.
0: I I think that you you know sports should be lining up to be involved with Tekaha and rugby league to host a um, rugby league New Zealand to host a, a test match here or a double header or some sort it would be imperative over the first year of that stadium opening it would just be such a missed opportunity I, I I think you're right I think we're crying out for more live sport in Christchurch and especially more rugby league I think back to when I saw Kevin Locke slide into the goalposts at the old Lancaster Park. Um, yep. in, in the absolute hosing rain Was it against the Roosters I think Back in the day And, and you know The amount of the, the small bits of professional rugby league We've seen in, in Christchurch Always is taken with such open and warm arms Isn't it?
2: Oh most definitely And I think you know New Zealand Rugby League Under under the leadership of Greg Peters Who is from Christchurch I think um, Seeing a, a test match You know at the new stadium Will certainly be on his radar And be a strong focus for him leading in there
0: Now, the other bit of very good information that we've got, and we are broadcasting across the hills to our our friends on the coast, you've got a a really cool announcement or a bit of development around West Coast Rugby League and and how you've been able to intertwine them into what we're doing here.
2: Yeah, look, I I guess, you know, this this relates back to our new strategy um, that was ratified back in, in January this year. Louis, and, and we certainly want to see rugby league grow in, in Canterbury and, and, and players develop and, and, and get on to whatever pathway they want to get on to. But we also see a greater um, we have a greater responsibility as an organisation to support rugby league growth in the South Island, and I, I truly believe we, you know, we have the people, we have the capability to be able to do that, and this is. This is really part of it in terms of including the Greymouth Greyhounds within our men's premiership. Um, they will they've, they've signed an MOU with with Nui Tigers in Canterbury Rugby League, whereby um, the Nui Tigers will play as the reserve team and the Greymouth Greyhounds will play as the men's premier team. And the big, I guess, the the big focus around that is um, or the aim around that is really to inspire young boys and girls in the West Coast which used to be a real stronghold of rugby league to to get excited and, and can see a pathway to playing in in our premiership and, and whether that means going on to play for the Canterbury Bulls or or, or into the NRL, or whatever it is for them, that those opportunities are now, now available through through our competitions.
0: I think it's such a wonderful opportunity. Uh, I think it's it's fantastic that you've made it a priority and does does that kind of leave your well, I suppose we're a long way out. No, oh, we're well, probably not. I suppose the teams are probably starting to think about pre-season, to be honest. Does that leave you oh, pre- pretty settled looking yeah. into 2024?
2: Yeah, it does. It leaves us very settled, and I believe we'll be releasing our draw for next year um, out to clubs in the next sort of seven to ten days. So, you know, we're probably four or five months ahead of the game as we were last year. So that's, that's really exciting for us, and I think for the clubs, you know, for them to be able to plan is is really exciting as well because... One of the key pieces around this is, Louis is taking games from Christchurch over to the West Coast as well, so um, so clubs can start planning for that. So, yeah, really, really exciting, and, and I know Greymouth are really excited, and I, I guess connecting the two pieces, if we come to back to the Canterbury Bulldogs, they're not leaving uh, Christchurch Airport to go back to... They go back to Sydney. They're actually um, taking a, a drive over to the Southern Alps on Monday to do some clinics over there as well. So it's great that uh, Grey Mouth can leverage off, off the relationship um, we have with the Bulldogs. And that was always the plan, that we can spread the love, yeah.
0: I think it's so important. It it would be such a shame to uh, let let that such a proud and historic rugby league community out on their own. I think that's a wonderful thing, Malcolm, I I really do. So it's awesome to see that relationship with the Bulldogs coming to fruition with boots on the ground this week. Um, Awesome news around Greymouth, mate. Awesome to catch up. It sounds like the sport's in a healthy place heading into the next season. I'm sure we'll catch you before the start of the next club season and we'll look forward to doing that.
2: Awesome, Louis. Thank you very much.
0: That about does us for the Canterbury Sports Corner. Another fine Saturday morning. Hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. I hope this weather clears up a little bit, or at least we get some warmer weather. doesn't look too likely, though, does it? Hey, uh, Cantabrian of the Week, Wizard of the Week. This is a little bit in-house, but I'll give him a shout-out. I'll give everybody a shout-out, actually, during Cup Week that was so bloody good and helpful to us around the region last week. But Greg O'Connor, he's a very popular man. He works just across the road. He does a bit of work for us here at SCNZ as well, and I swear I could not have done a lot of the week's work without GOC. So, Greg, you're my Cantabrian of the Week, and if you hear this, you can buy me a beer to say thanks. For your recognition. Or maybe I should be buying you a beer. Isn't that probably the point? I think it is. Um, <laughs> it's been a nice wee show today. Good to catch up with Malcolm Hum about all of the wonderful progressions of Canterbury Rugby League. Uh, before that, of course, it was nice to speak to Jason Laking. I'm glad he can have his bacon and eggs. Everybody needs bacon and eggs in their life and as well as that Cole McConchie who just wants some better weather so he can play cricket good fella is Cole interesting into the year we've got it's going to come fast, it's going to come thick and fast uh, before you know it we'll be off on our holidays and and the year will be winding down it kind of feels like silly season always starts to be oh, well I think it comes pretty quick after a uh, cup week anyway, that's just the way I feel, but um, yeah, the year will catch up on us. So let's enjoy the last of the work we've got to do here on the Canterbury Sports Ground. We've only got a few more shows to make it. Um, and again, we love the support of Enterprise, the recruitment company improving people's lives over 50 years. Trident Homes as well, who really appreciate their. Community sport. I'll be back next Saturday on this show, but I'll be back on the mail run just up after this. Thanks for listening to the Canterbury Sports Corner.